Hi, this is Alex. And this is Ellen. And you're listening to our port our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week we are talking about the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. It is our series wrap on um I think what we've been sort of affectionately calling it the Feyre portion of the series. Mm-hmm. Um and so that means we'll be talking in depth about A Court of Thorns and Roses, A Court of Mist and Fury, A Court of Wings and Ruin, and A Court of Frost and Starlight. So if you have not read any of those four, and you don't want spoilers, stop, go read them, go listen to our other podcasts about those individual books, and okay, then come nice back and join plug. us. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you don't care about spoilers... We still don't get it, but that's okay. To each mm-hmm. their own. We love you And anyways. yeah, you're welcome to be here anyways. So yeah. also, Ellen forgot to mention that it's the series wrap of A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, in case no one knew. I just assumed that everybody knew, but that's a good point. Yes. Yes. Uh, I just called her, almost called her a uh, Sarah J. Mass. Mass. God. Ah. <laughs> Ah, uh, one this day whole finding out that you pronounce her name wrong. All is these very years, difficult. it's really I know. difficult it's to been, adjust. It's been years of calling her that for, mm-hmm. I think both of us. So yes, it has been a big adjustment. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we'll be talking in depth about that whole part of the series. We have not read her newest book, A Court of Silver Flames. So I think there'll probably be some predictions for that. Yeah, at least so on guess my end. What? Guess what we get to do as soon as we finish recording this episode. I know. I'm so excited. And I'm also so anxious. So terrified. <laughs> like, the like I'm already kind of shaking and we're still just sitting here recording our episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't even picked the book up yet. Yeah. Wait, so, so which, which book are you going to read? Your Kindle version? Your Barnes & Noble version? Or your... What was it? The Books a Million? Is that where you got your other one? Yeah. Which um, one are you going to The Books a Million read? version. Because that's the one that um, is like my, my portable copy. So. Okay, so that's the one you're read reading. That one. Okay. Yep. I'm super excited. It's going to be amazing. Wasn't that beautiful? As you can tell. <laughs> We're ready. We've been ready. We've been torturing ourselves we're very by, ready, but by we're, waiting to read we, this book. But we're anxious. <laughs> we ready, but we anxious. Accurate, so that's an accurate representation. <laughs> I think that could just be me in my whole life, though. It doesn't necessarily have to just be um, for this particular instance. But I'm especially mm. anxious because we know Sarah is a big fan of ripping your heart out and stomping all over it. So... Yeah, I think that it's just like she's most talented at just like breaking your soul. Continually. Breaking your soul and not like not having you be ready for it. Like I I am constantly shocked when I read her books. Like cuz I always know that there's going to be a twist. Right? Because it's her. Like, it's how she writes her books. But I'm mm-hmm. constantly surprised by what the twist is. I can never, like, fully, at least fully figure it out. Like, sometimes I can get, like, a tiny portion of it. And then it's, like, even worse. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I always think that, like, 
this time I've got it. Like this time I've got it figured out. And then I don't. I don't have it figured out. <sighs> yeah. End of that's how end of I feel about life. My too. affectionate rant. It's it's an affectionate rant because I also kind of love that aspect of it, but mm-hmm. that's frustrating. So, Absolutely. um, I sort of in our series wraps generally we always say what our favorite book is, and I think we said it in the episode. But I'll still ask you. Uh-huh. Maybe it changed with this read through because you had many, um, you had many little. Or, like, not little, like, many new things. Oh, you know what I'm trying to say. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Like, with this read through, um, both with, like, shifts in perception and, like, a couple yeah. things that I didn't pick up on before, too. Yeah, so I'd say so, that that hasn't changed my favorite book. It is still the second okay. book of the series. Um... Though that might change According once we start theory. reading the next book. Um, I know. Like, who knows? Yeah, so... Oh, my goodness. I think the second book is my favorite. It just, like, has the greatest mix of, like, action scenes with, like, budding romance, with... Um, healing and just like so many things that you wouldn't see coming but then Mm -hmm. rereading it it's still just as good yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah what about you i definitely agree with that book two is my favorite also for all of those Mm -hmm. reasons Anything new to add, or are you just piggybacking off of my uh, brilliance? I think I just get to piggyback, because I, yeah, I don't think I have anything really, it's my favorite, yeah, for all of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, the bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love the bad boys? I can't believe you called it that. Oh, it's not it's just really me, funny. it's a, to- it's like, that's what the, oh, it's what the whole fandom thing? calls them. It's because they're... Oh yeah, so it's I didn't know because that. their wings their wings are like bat wings. And so they're just they're referred to as the bat boys. I had no idea. I thought that was just like a cute you thing that you did. Oh, dang it. I should have just pretended like it was all me. <laughs> but but alas, that is not correct. Apparently, um, I am not up on it. the fandom lingo these days. Yeah, come on, girl. Get with the times. <laughs> I'm really behind the times, always. It's just a constant struggle. Well, that's okay. Probably me, too. And by probably, <laughs> I mean for sure me, too. Um, so, with this series, it's, it, it's um, and this series wrap, it's obviously kind of like our other episodes about these books. It's going to be a little bit different, right? Because we had read these stories before, and so, at least on my end, I was able to pick up on things, and every time I've reread this series, I've been able to pick up on things that you don't notice the first time through, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting tidbits um, that you get to look back on, or uh, that you get to stumble upon 
since you already kind of know the general gist of what's going to happen, right? So, like, unlike our other series wraps where it's just sort of, like, us mourning the series, mm-hmm. um, then we can, um, uh, you know, then we can, uh, we don't have to mourn the series in this one because, like, this mm-hmm. is, I mean, don't worry, I still get sad every time I finish reading it, but, like, it's not quite the same amount of sadness that I had the first time I finished reading this series, you know? Like, it's just... Yeah. very true. You know, it's, um, um, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't that super eloquent? <laughs> yes. Clearly, I have my words is amazing. together. On... <laughs> I know. Shakespeare, watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh my sometimes i can be eloquent clearly that was not one of those times um <laughs> where i was basically going was most of my notes are about like i was able to take notes through the series for the series rap is mostly what i was trying to say through that big b- bumbling mess that that was um, okay. How about you? <laughs> that, that I did, would not have picked up on that that's just where you were going. Well, how come not? <laughs> I can't imagine why not. Because that's, mm-hmm. you know, because duh. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Um, so similar to our other raps, do you want to do favorite character and then use that to oh yeah talk about our can I tell you like I like I'm just like fully like what do we even do in our series wraps I don't remember <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so a while ago we both ended up um, ranking our favorite characters of this series because Ellen saw something yes. on like TikTok or Instagram and she was like can you believe this person ended up I was this this way? And I was like, no. And then obviously we had to go through and don't worry. I, I have their ranking here too. Written down from that point in time. I have their ranking. I don't remember their TikTok handle or anything like that. So, so I get, I can't call them out personally, but if they ever listen to this, they'll know who they are and they've got some splaining to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, goodness. Um, so, yeah. So why don't you do yours first? So we're going to rank sort of what are, I would, I think anybody would really sort of consider the 10 main characters, right? So it's mm-hmm. the Court of Dreams, Nesta, Elaine, Lucian, and Tamlin. Mm-hmm. So That's who we're going to rank. So, Alex. Okay. Tell us your order. Dun, 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 dun. Drum roll, please. Thanks. I can't roll my R's, so I can't make, like, a better drum noise. So, sorry. I can't roll my R's either. Oh, my gosh. It's like we, it's like we're twins. It's like we have no talents. Um... to think that we have we probably have other talents alex but okay sure yeah it's like <laughs> no, it's, no if talent. you can roll your r's then you have all the talent in the world and if you can't oh then you're just, got it yeah don't you know um oh so my goodness. first three are kind of like tied for first 
placed. Okay. Even though they are ranked and that rank, you know, is, there's like. Correct. The slight difference. But if you could like put them all together. So my order is Cassian, Reese, Feyre, Moore, Asriel, Amran, Nesta, Lucian, Elaine, Tamlin. Okay. And my top three, I feel like if you had to ask me my favorite character, I would just say Cassian Reese Feyre. And it's all one. <laughs> <laughs> they're just one they're just one person. Yeah, too. they're just like one blob. Okay. Um and yeah, I don't really know what to say about the rest except that like Asriel definitely moved up my list in the third book and the novella. Like without those two he would have been lower. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because you don't, I, don't, I know, you don't like the mysterious, quiet, dark, handsome person. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> I know. I don't get it. It's, the, it's, it's like in those movies, right, where they're like, the character's like, yeah, I get it. And then like the narrator's like, she didn't get it. Like, that's what's... <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fine. It wasn't fine. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What about you? Is there anything else I need to explain? I don't know. Is there? I don't you don't know. have to explain more to me. If you feel like you have some more defending to do for your good try, but clearly incorrect <laughs> ranking. Whatever. No, just kidding. Um, <clears throat> because, of course, that's why these are great because everybody has per you know personal reasons for all of these things so my my list it's really funny because like my list is like I have a favorite and then my second and third place could really just be my second place and then really my like fourth like fourth through ninth really could be basically all sort of one ranking or maybe two rankings mm-hmm. you know like it's just it's really hard for me like I can't I you know surprise surprise because I've had an issue trying you know because in book two and three like when we were doing favorite characters like <laughs> I'm like I wish I could just say the court of dreams but like really I have to you know so like it shouldn't be a surprise that I also had trouble with this is is the short answer here so um Feyre is my favorite character, hands down. Like, she just, I, and it's hard because when I first originally did this, she was not my number one. But in this read-through specifically, I realized that she wasn't my number one because I am in love with fictional characters. (laughs) And I realized that that's probably not the best reason for them to be, for me, for them to be at at the top. You know, not that I blame anybody else if that's the reason that they are at the top. Like, that's great. Like, mm-hmm. do what makes you happy. But I just, she's such a badass and she's so protective and she's who I want to be and who I sometimes identify with, you know, like the most. And I just, it just made sense to me for, for me to move her up there. Mm-hmm. So then I put 
So then in second place, I put Reese, and third place, I put Cassian. But like I said, really, they could be both in second place because there's not really much that differentiates them. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, also, depending on the day, it could also be Cassian and then Reese. Like, that's how interchangeable they are with where they are. Um, just because I am in love with them. Like, who isn't? Like, they're just, they're just perfection and... Cassian's hilarious and Reese is just so like unbelievably supportive and perfect and unrealistic like (laughs) who who wouldn't love that um so then I have uh more in fourth place Asriel in fifth place Lucian in sixth place Nesta in seventh Amryn in eighth Elaine in ninth and then Tamlin in tenth but like Kind of like I said, like really all of those, it's it's such a shame. <laughs> it's such a shame that sort of Tamlin's in this list, right? Because like everybody, I like leaps and bounds more than I like Tamlin. Like you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> could we have done a second list where it was like Tamlin and Eris and Baron? Like because like that would have been like a you know, it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would you know, have been like a been... more realistic and, like, similarly ranked um, Right. List. Like, yeah. you know, so, like, there is – it's 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 weird sort of to have him in here um, because I like everybody else so much more than I like him. But um, I'm also intrigued by him. So, like, I, I also do kind of like that he's on the list because, like, what's going on with him? <laughs> You know, like it's, it's, I don't even know, but yeah, so that's sort of my ranking. So this was the, this was the person's ranking and, uh, on TikTok and really what I was most shocked by, well, I'll read it to you and then I'll tell you what I was most shocked by, but that's what prompted me to text you and call you and Uh make us do our own ranking. So they said, Asriel, Feyre, Reese, Lucian, Cassian, Amryn, Elaine, Nesta, more and then Tamlin. And really, more than anything, what shocked me was that more was in ninth place. Now, of course, I'm sure there's plenty of reasons why maybe they're and of course, like it's like a minute long video. Like they don't have time to like defend each of their decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, so like certainly they could have been like me, right? Like, oh, they love everybody a lot, and it's just like most amount of love to Still a lot of love, but, like, less, you know, like, Mm -hmm. who knows? But I was just so shocked because Moore is so wonderful and cheerful and supportive. and Yeah, I think the Cassian placement and the Moore placement of that (laughs) were just crazy to me. In case anybody can't tell, someone over here... Is super in love with Cassian. <laughs> it's both of us. Don't worry. It's both of us. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons why we're so excited excited to start this next book. I know. I'm excited because more Cassian is always feels like always a good idea. And then two, I'm just excited, especially after the novella. I just want Nesta to heal. You know, like I just mm-hmm. want her to have. I know. Um, 
in whatever way that means, right? Sort of, we talked about that a little bit when we were talking about Frost and Starlight. And, like, when I say I want her to heal, I don't mean I want her to turn into a Moor or a Feyre and, like, cheerful and happy. Like, she can be whatever she wants, but I just want her to have peace inside herself because she clearly does not have mm-hmm. peace inside of herself right now. You yes. know, like, um, so. I agree. Um. I just realized also that I have to grab some of my notes that I had taken the last time and then we decided we were going to use in this one. So you talk about something and I'll be, <laughs> wow, I'll be back. Okay. Put me on the spot. Talk about anything, anything at all. Talk, talk, go, go. No, um, just kidding. <laughs> so I think that we can use this time to jump into one of the other questions that we typically ask ourselves during our series wrap. And that is, um, like, if you could tell the characters, like, in the first book where they would be, like, later on in the second or third book, like, how astounded would they be or, like, what would they just, like, not believe you about or anything like that. Yes. In thinking about this question, um, it was a very immediate answer for me. Like, yes. Okay. Like you said before, Sarah J. Mass, like, really um, likes to hit you upside the head, like, every five seconds or so with something new and yeah. crazy and that you didn't expect. So you could really probably say that about, like every single character that they would not have anticipated at all like the series of events that occurred oh my gosh right the series um but for me the archeron sisters really stood out as the like yeah would you have been able to fathom that this would be your life like hands down absolutely not like not even in the realm of possibilities um in terms of getting out of their abject poverty, uh, living in this beautiful manner, being turned into fae, living across the wall, the wall falling, mm-hmm. them ending up, like, fighting in a war. Elaine um, killing the King of Highburn. Yes. I still am not yes, over it. Right? That for <laughs> sure. Like... I mean, yes, you could probably say that, like, Feyre specifically had so much more, but I think all three of them really has such, like, altering life changes. Like, I would say for Feyre, probably, I mean, like, obviously, she doesn't think she's going to, like, kill a high Fae and then end up having to go live with one and then fall in love with him and then... Right. Get turned into like, but it's, a one it's so and then find like, her. Yeah. Find even her in the beginning think... of the first book, right? Like she talks mm-hmm. so much about how much she hates them, like just period. And then to even even not say anything else about her life and just say to her, by the end of this book series, because let's pretend that you'd be able to say that to her, and she'd know what you were saying. <laughs> you will have not. You will not only have fallen in love with one but two high lords of Prithian. Like, uh-huh. you know, like, she'd be like, <laughs> okay. 
Sure. Okay, sure. Whatever. Right, right. Right, because she never, she also never thought she'd get married, right? She always just pictured her sisters going off and getting married and her just finally having time to paint and take care of her dad, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, that's so true. And I think, like, if you would have told her in the second book that she was going to go infiltrate the spring court in the third Mm -hmm. book, she would have laughed in your face. Yes. And bring that shit crumbling to the ground. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I know. But then I have problems with that. And I know we talked about that in the last book. Like, one, it gave them more of a disadvantage in the war. But two, did the whole court really deserve that kind of treatment? And then having, like, the lack of protection for their people during the war? No, I don't think so. But at the same time, it was really badass. And um, I mean, I just, I think I said this kind of the last thing too. When you make space for abusers, even if you're not actively part of it, you're passively Mm -hmm. part of it. You know, like, uh, yes, I agree with you, but also part of me is like, Screw them all! <laughs> I hope it all burns! Burn it to the ground! <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm a little bit on both sides. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I have the same thoughts about all of the sisters. I think especially Nesta. Like, if you would tell her that she would be high fay by the end of this, like, I think she'd, like, punch you. She'd, like, she'd hurt you. <laughs> she, she'd be like, don't lie to me, you pathetic excuse for a human. And then I'd cry and run away. And I think I'm also, like, in a good way. Like, I'm a little scared of her. Like, I'm intimidated by anybody, with like, powerful. So I'd be like, sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> That's not going to She's extremely <laughs> intimidating, especially, like, her tactics of intimidation. I like, know. She's so good at it. The interactions that she has, especially with Cassian in the second book i think um where when she's like, still the first human? couple yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah and she just like, absolutely and i could totally picture her in some like um like british aristocratic circles like giving like the cut direct versus like what there are like different things like the cut direct versus the cut indirect versus i don't know mm-hmm. all of those like societal things where it's just this subtle like, I don't pay attention to you, or I blatantly yeah. turn around in your face, or, like, you know, these huge, these, like, very little small things that are actually yeah. hugely, definitely... like, meaningful and mean and terrible. <laughs> and very and very impactful, too, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, there's part of me that's, like, I think I could stand to be a little bit more like Nesta when I grow up. You know, like... I'm so bad at, at least for myself, I'm so bad at standing gra- my ground. Like, mm-hmm. I can stand my ground for other people until the cows come home. <laughs> but the minute it's for me, I'm like, okay, fine, you're right, sorry, you can do it. Like, whatever, I don't even care. So, like, part of me is like, I could stand to learn a, a thing or two from from Nesta. About- I agree with you immensely because it drives me crazy how sometimes <laughs> you 
won't stand up for yourself and Alex, this is not time to talk about me because I'm also super uncomfortable talking (laughs) about myself. If anybody can see me now, I'm definitely blushing. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's okay. I, I was about to say who actually likes talking about themselves. But I think there Probably actually some are people, people, yeah, who do that. Reese who, definitely likes who talking do about okay himself. With that. <laughs> and they're the people who must do like really well in interviews. Who can just like yes, be like yeah. Did you like, hear what I said? Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For I sure, it was pretty funny. You're hilarious. Cassian probably likes to talk about himself. Mm hmm. And by probably, I we all know that I mean he does. Like clearly, he. I'm sure he likes talking about himself. So really, it's point. just like what like, people who are confident and we just aren't. <laughs> tell I guess. me about this. Tell me about this confidence. Where do I? Where can I acquire some? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can I purchase that somewhere? Oh my gosh. Um, but yes, like certainly, I think after that fun tangent, certainly, I think that the sisters would have a huge shock in their system sort of hearing what happens to them at the end. Like, poor Elaine, like, oh my gosh, she would have a nervous fit. I don't like the word fit. She'd have a breakdown. Like, because she clearly has one, but she would Mm -hmm. have a breakdown. Like, she would just... But it would just be earlier. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Although, on the flip side, also, understandably, like, no, like... Right. Right? Like... If anybody could tell anybody what's going to happen in their life later on down the road, like, I can't imagine anybody would be like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's very I don't true. think anybody would, I don't think anybody would just be like, okay, that seems normal, seems mm-hmm. legit, seems fine. Um, But then I also thought about, like, Reese, because, like, Reese at the beginning of this is enslaved to Amarantha. He never thinks he's going to make it home. Like, to be able to tell him at the beginning of this book that not only is he going to make it home, but he's going to make it home and all of his family is going to be safe. He's going to make it home and he's going to find his mate and she's going to become his mate and they're going to be so happy. And, like, like that's just, like, to be able to tell him that, uh, to be able to tell any of the Court of Dreams that they will get to see him again, like, that mm-hmm. he will come home to them, that, yes, maybe he'll be... A little bit different, but mostly he'll come back to them and and become whole again. You know, like, um, to be able to tell any of them that they're going to fight in a war. <laughs> I feel like I would love to be able to be like, hey, he- heads up! <laughs> <laughs> like, like start prepping yesterday. <laughs> right, like, just, just a quick FYI. Um, you know, like, because they clearly had some warning but, like, if I could give them more warning, I would love to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I so it's just that for sure. There's literally, I don't think there's anybody that I wouldn't want to be able to be like, hey, so here's what's coming down the road for you, apparently in only two years. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because That's I'm, still crazy. Because I'm, you know, I'm still not, I'm still not quite right. over that. Yeah, I think we need Sarah J. Mass to just, um... Give us her timeline so we can see it all, like, laid out. Because I'm sure she had to create something like that, like, as your storyboarding and things like that. But then again, I don't know what the creative process is like for a writer. Right, and, and then and sort of like what we worked, do that. 
Right. And certainly sort of like how we worked through in the last book, like clearly, really the logical thing is, is some of these things that we were assuming were taking months and months were clearly only taking a week or two at most, mm-hmm. you know, like, you yeah. know, so really it's probably just an us issue or a me issue, <laughs> but like it, yeah, it's such a short amount of time. Um, so yeah. I guess, is so, there anything that we typically cover that we haven't yet? Or should we jump right into your notes that you've been jotting down? I don't know. Apparently, like I said earlier, like apparently this happens and all of a sudden I'm like, I've never done one of these before. Like, yeah, I think, I think the only things that we haven't covered are like any surprises which is hard because we've read them before and because there's like right. a surprise around every single corner in all of these books. Um, the next one, the next one, of course, is uh, would you reread it? <laughs> Alex? <laughs> do you what? think you'll re-read? ever reread this series? <laughs> this series? What do you... Uh... <laughs> we've both reread um, it multiple times already and we'll do so in the future for sure. Yes. I imagine this will be a series I reread for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, it's just that good. Yeah. And apparently, no matter how many times I reread it, I'm still going to learn new things. Because apparently, I just, I can't even get over just, as in many of her books. But like, it just, there's just so much information packed into it that like, mm-hmm. like I said, like this was, this was, except for the novella. This was, like, my eight or ninth read-through of the whole series, and I'm still, like, picking up yeah. on new things. Like, I just... Oh, my gosh! <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Should I tell you my theory about um, A Court of Thorns and Roses versus A Throne of Glass series? So... N- I mean, maybe, like, what are we thinking, like, spoilery It's not going to spoil anything. It's just um, my theory as to how people end up choosing which series is their favorite of hers. Like, Throne of Glass or A Court of Thrones and Roses. And from what I've seen of other people's opinions, it's typically the series of hers that you read first. Like, whatever you're, however you're introduced to her first is what ends up being your favorite, is what I've seen. I don't know that that's Interesting. true across the board, but it's what I've, that's true of me. It's, I think it's true of you. Um, yeah, because I guess I technically, so technically I finished, because it's only three and a half books, I finished the Court of Thorns and Roses series first. But I started reading the Throne of Glass series first. And mm-hmm. I would say, but it's interesting, but I would say, though, the reason that I like the Throne of Glass series more is, one, you just get more time with the characters, right? Like, it's an eight-book series versus right. a three-and-a-half to... I mean, we're, it looks like we're going to get quite a few more books set in this in this Court of Thorns and Roses world. But, like... Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like... Yeah, but 
Yeah, because it's not like, like, it's not the reason why I like one series over another, but I've just noticed that, like, I think that tends to be a trend, like, Jess prefers A Court of Thorns and Roses to Throne of Glass, right? True. Although she hasn't finished Throne of Glass, so, like... Oh, okay. But she did read Akatar first. Um, Right. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's... I'm just basing this no, on a relatively small I sample size, too, um, but... I think it's a valid thing. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to ask yeah. the universe and see if anyone responds. Dear universe. <laughs> or you could just put um, it on our Instagram and still no one would respond anyways. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It'll happen, Alex. It'll happen. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, well, we're going to become famous. It's all good in due time. My notes that I took through this series, because I was able to sort of take series note, notes, no, series rap notes, <laughs> <laughs> um, are sort of little tidbits about mostly characters, right? Like, and just like little tidbits from here and there. And it's interesting because I have like... But it's interesting because predominantly it's about, it's their notes about Tamlin, which I thought was really oh. interesting. Um, and like, there's some other notes about like Nesta. Like it's interesting because like those are predominantly what my notes are about, which, um, and Elaine a little bit. Um, but because they're kind of, because, but what I realized is that they're kind of the big question marks at the end of this like there are other question marks Mm -hmm. too but like the most like pressing question marks are those two so it kind of does make sense to me also that they're um who i predominantly have notes about but um yeah oh i just remembered something else we have to talk about oh sure um we Decided not to talk about the sneak peek that you get into this the next book. book that was at the yes. end of the novella until this episode. Um, so do we want to do that now or do we, we do that should at definitely? The end? I think we can close out with that and any predictions that we have. Great, but I needed to say it because if I didn't say something, I'd probably forget. Yeah, and then I I, just, I brought my notes over. We remember, talked about it. Remember when I had you vamp for a little bit? I brought my notes over for that too. So good. Memory. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I think I have notes about that too somewhere. Ooh. Maybe I should find those when we. Um. So. Okay. I okay. I don't even know where to start with my notes here. Sometimes. Um. Sometimes. All the time. Whatever. Um. So okay. So. Let's start. If you're okay with this, let's start with Tamlin. Okay. And then we can move into, like, the sisters, then we can move into Nesta, and then we can move into our thoughts for the next book, is what I'm thinking. Like, it'll be, like, a nice little, like, streamline. What do you think? Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Okay. So, and one of my notes is, like, about Tamlin, but it's also about Reese. So, you know, don't worry. We can talk about him a little bit, too. Um, (laughs) Because I'm sure you were worried about if we'd talk about Reese at all, so... um, don't worry, we will. Um, so it's funny because most of my notes about Tamlin, of course, are from the first book. Because that's, of course, also when we see the most of Tamlin. 
Um, but then mm-hmm. I have a couple notes about him in Mist and Fury, and then a couple notes from Wings and Ruin. Um, so the biggest thing that I keep sort of relearning every time I reread the series is that he's not as black and white as he seems, especially after your first reread, right? Or your first read through, I mean. Mm -hmm. Like the first time you read the series, it just seems so black and white. Like he's bad, Reese is good, end of story. And Mm -hmm. then then if you reread it... And if you reread it eight or nine times, <laughs> you start to realize that it's not, um, it's not black and white, right? Because he does all of this good stuff for Feyre, for her sisters, for her family in the first mm-hmm. book. And... I know, I always forget that. And certainly, like, I'm sure you could make the, you can make the, um... Um, what am I trying to say? You can make the argument, right, that he did it to, for as a means to an end, right? But I don't think that that's true. You know, I really do think that he did it because he's not an like an awful character. I was gonna say human being, but he's not. He's fate, right? Like he's not an awful being. Um, I do think so. There's a part in Mist and Fury where Reese says to Feyre that love can be a poison, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that's entirely accurate. And there's a point in Mist and Fury where Feyre kind of realizes that the way that Under the Mountain broke Tamlin was... um, Because he does very clearly have this overwhelming need to protect what he considers his... Right. And she has that mm-hmm. moment of realization where she sort of realizes that that's what broke for him under the mountain, you know? So, like, he. Um, it took those good feelings and made them into, um, like, obsessive, dominating feelings, you know, is, is sort mm-hmm. of how it turns, which yeah. I think is very interesting. Um, way to look at things and it's interesting because I remember I saw an interview with Sarah J Mass once or a snippet of an interview I should say where she was talking about music and how important it is to her and what she also said at that time was that a good indicator in her books if if a character is truly evil is they they won't like music or they won't play music or they won't listen to music. But we know that Tamlin plays the fiddle, right? Because he plays it in the first book. So like And he plays it so well and is so passionate about that music. Exactly. So that's a good indicator that and I'd be excited for like a some sort of redemption arc for him, right? Like some sort of um fixing it, right? So then it's also interesting because he has that quote in the first book where he says, against slavery, against tyranny, I would gladly go to my death no matter whose freedom I was defending. Right? And then he even brings it up, mm-hmm. I think, in Wings and Ruin when he says, don't you remember when I said that? Like, I wasn't lying. Like, I was... Yeah. Like, you should have remembered that about me. Um, you know, so he's I know, just... so then that's when... That's why I get so frustrated about... 
the Court of Dreams actions in um, that third book because we know this about him and she knows this about him. That, like, he doesn't want to be his father and his brothers and he was trying to be different than that and fought against slavery and, like, has these principles and morals that are good. Right, but she also recognizes that he has been broken and just because he doesn't want to end up like his dad or his brothers doesn't mean that that's not going to eventually happen. And especially after the events of, of what was clearly very traumatizing for many people under the mountain, you know, like... Trauma yeah. changes people, right? Like, it, it, and sometimes it changes them for the better, and sometimes it changes them f- f- for the not better. For the worse? Thank you. I could not think, <laughs> I could not think of that word to save my life. I was like, what am I, tra- <laughs> I was like, what am I trying oh to goodness. say? Um, oh my goodness gracious. Um, so it's just, I I don't know, I just, I find him, like, I don't, I don't love him like I did in the first book the first time I read it, right? Right. But I also don't hate him as passionately as I hated him the first few times I read the series. You know, like, I've definitely come to a point where I... I'm rooting for him to redeem himself. Like, I want him to be a better person. I want him to be the person he wants to be. Um, Mostly I want things to be repaired or even moving towards repaired, especially between the spring court and the night court, just for the future well-being of all of Prithian. (laughs) You know, like, blood feuds are never... (laughs) Yes. You know, blood feuds are never... A good sign, you know? So, like, um, but, like, you even, like, in, like, A Court of Wings and Ruin, when Feyre brings up Reese's mom and sister's wings, like, there's a part where he even, he, being Tamlin, seems remorseful that it happened, right? Like, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's... And, but on the flip side, it's like, okay, yeah, you feel bad that it happened, but, like, you were there, asshole. <laughs> like, you know, like, you... <laughs> yes. You're the reason that it happened. That's true. You know, like, and it's, and it's good that you're feeling remorse, but also, like, it is kind of your fault. Um, and by kind of, I mean, it is. <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no, like... It wasn't his idea. Did he stop it? No. Did he provide yeah. information that he didn't realize was vital for it to occur? Oh, gosh. No, I yes, think... Yes, but, like... Oh, see, that's interesting, because I think what I see having happened is his dad saying, we need to make a statement, like, we need to make a statement where our recent... Like, because, like, he had to give him the exact information about where... The camps were. He had to make, he had to give him the information about when the mom and sister would be traveling. 
He had to give the information on when they would be alone, where they would be waiting, right? Like, oh, see, I I pictured it more as like he was saying something, you know, relaying information to family about like one of his friends, you know, like, oh, yeah, Reese's mom and sister are visiting him this weekend, so I'm not going to be able to go see him, blah, 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 like, giving little you, details. And from then what little we, his I, dad <laughs> being like, all right, this is what we're doing. You're coming with me. This is how it's going down. Like, either you're in or you're dead kind of thing. So, just a quick question. From the very little we know of Tamlin's dad and brother's, do you think Tamlin would ever be sitting at the dinner table talking about his friend? Just, I can't go visit my friend this weekend because he's, like... <laughs> okay, maybe not. Unfortunately, I don't quite think that that's, I like the idea of be... that being how it happened. Um, I don't necessarily think that that's <laughs> as accurate as... You would uh-huh. like it to be. Um, so. Okay. That's kind of, mostly that's what I wanted to talk about Tamlin. Like he, like it's wonderful that he burned the wings. Like he didn't, you know, after his dad died, he didn't keep mm-hmm. them pinned up in the study. Like um, the fir- I remember the first right. time that I read it. And then um, even the first couple read throughs when I was still sort of like in my deepest hatred for Tamlin. Um, I remember thinking like. Did he really burn them? Or did he, like, just say that he burned them? And, like... But mm-hmm. I think, as I've gone yeah. on, I think he really did burn them. Um, yeah, I think for me it's been, like... Oh, goodness, I don't know how many times I've reread <laughs> this, though. But I would say probably... Maybe the past, like, three rereads or so, maybe four, is when, like... I really, um, had, like, my change of heart about him. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm gonna be... Like, obviously, I'm, I'm being a bit more (laughs) lenient and lax than you are. I was just, I was just gonna say, it's gonna... And I don't know that either of our reactions are the right ones, but... I don't think there's any right reaction to it. Um, you know, because it's... Because everybody brings their own history and their own point of view to it, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's reading, you know? So, like, I don't think there's a, a right reaction. Um, and, like, I don't think I'll ever be able to, like... <laughs> this sounds ridiculous because I'm talking about a fake person here. I don't think I'll ever be able to, like, fully trust him. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm... I'm ready for Um, some amends to be made, you know? Like, I'm ready for them to try to mm -hmm. fix the situation a little bit here. Yeah. Well, especially after the novella. Like, yes, you see some, like, good things about him in the third book, right? Like, that are not necessarily redeeming, but, like, like make steps you... maybe in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, or just, like, make you take a step back and and think about, like, how you actually view mm-hmm. him. 
Um, but then it's really the novella where he's, like, so broken down and, like, you realize that, one, he still loves her and, two, that, like, he's finally recognizing that, like, what he did was wrong. Well, Um, I mean... Which is... Do we know that... Do we know that he's recognizing it as wrong? Because he, of course, he says, "Will do you think she'll ever forgive me, right? But, like, I don't... I mean, and he could be. Like, I'm not saying that he's not recognizing that it was wrong. Like, he absolutely could be. But it's also, to play the devil's advocate, advocate, I know how to talk. Um, You know, it's a little bit like, like, maybe he's talking. Like, we don't know what fully he's talking about, right? Like, is he talking about everything? Is he talking about... Locking her in the house. Is he talking about not letting her out of the house? Like, like he could still theoretically be talking about these smaller things that he's like hyper fixated on versus like the grand scheme of everything. Maybe he is like, I don't Mm -hmm. like mostly that's why I think he's just so fascinating is because like, I think there's a lot that's been uh, left open to sort of figure out Mm -hmm. what's going to happen, you know, like, you know, um, It's interesting, though. So one of the things that I noticed in, I think, my last reread, which was actually, ironically, happened to be almost exactly a year ago, um, (laughs) um, is in the first book specifically, um, all of the descriptions that Feyre uses when talking about Tamlin, especially especially in the first book... um, and versus how she talks about Reese even in the first book. And what I noticed is that in the in the book, she often, while talking about how handsome and attractive and, tam- and whatever Tamlin is, most of her descriptions for him are about how animalistic he is. There's so many instances where she's like, he's more beast than Faye at this point in time, or, you know, with an animalistic roar mm. or whatever. Like, and she just, time and time again, she just, it's always like he's right on the verge of, and he's and he does he like he's constantly seems like he's right on the verge of becoming this beast right and hmm. but literally the first thought she has about Reese right is that he's the most beautiful man she's ever seen right like immediately like and it's and it's so interesting to me and it's just this beautiful example of Sarah and how brilliant she is in that like the first time you read it even multiple times into it, because, like, like I said, this was just my second most recent read-through that I noticed this even. Um, like, she's laying the groundwork before we even know that there's groundwork to be laid, right? Like, she's, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, it's just... <laughs> she's so yeah. brilliant. She's that good. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just... I don't know. I mean, I guess, and short, long story short, I was going to say short story long. That's not accurate at all. Um, long story short, I'm intrigued by Tamlin. I don't know if I'm ever going to fully trust him again. But I do like the idea that there's always room for people to improve. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think both of us tend to see the best in people. I think, I think that's accurate. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of understandable that we would feel that way yeah. about him. Um, even though maybe it took us a couple of rereads to get yeah. there <laughs> eventually. Absolutely. Um. Um, yeah, that made me think about the next book, though. And I'm wondering all the things that we missed in these previous books. Oh, darn. That could We're going to have to groundwork we'll have to for this again. next book. <laughs> oh, darn. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited and so nervous and so anxious and so excited and so nervous. <sighs> Oh my goodness. Um, so do you have anything more you want to say about Tamlin? I don't think yeah. so. I think I feel, and I feel like overall we're like on the same page, right? Like his redemption mm-hmm. doesn't justify his actions, but we're ready for a redemption or at least a yes. part of one. I'd read a book about him, you know. Oh, like, for sure. I, there's, I would yeah. definitely read so, that. So, dear Sarah, <laughs> if you write it, we will read it. Um, that's something that I always, I always talk about this in like TV shows, especially in TV shows where it just seems like one bad thing after another happens to people. And I always say like, I wish there was just one episode where nothing happens. Like I would literally just watch them like doing laundry and going out to dinner and just like being okay and happy and that for the most part like there is you know some parts of the the novella but like that just was like like it's not really my favorite book because of other reasons but like it's also partially I just love that like not much happens and they just get to be happy for the most part and they just get to have their solstice celebration and they get to just have time being together and happy and like yes they're worried about the Illyrians but like it's not really that bad at that point in time like and they Mm -hmm. just get the time to be happy and nothing happens um so also if you want to read write more of those I would I'll read them maybe no one else will but (laughs) Helen will buy them at least so (laughs) um yeah and she'll buy multiple copies if there are uh like cool editions or extra material in I don't know what you're talking books. about. <laughs> That's ridiculous, Alex. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so that's sort of the end of my Tamlin part of this. Okay. Let's talk about the sisters. Mm-hmm. So I find it really interesting. Um, because I didn't really pick up on this the first time, and then I read the series, and then I saw an interview where Sarah was, or again, a snippet of an interview, where Sarah was talking about how when she originally started writing the first book, Nesta and Elaine were supposed to be, like, the stereotypic ugly stepsisters, right? They were supposed to just be two-dimensional and mean, and they weren't really supposed to be there for very long. And then she sort of got intrigued by the idea, and then we, of course, get more of them, obviously, throughout the series. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting, because you can sort of tell that, right? Because, like, the the who they are at the beginning of the first book, even by the end of the first book, is already 
so different than who they were at the beginning mm-hmm. of the first book. And then they just continue to get... I almost said differenter. Um, but more <laughs> different is what I was trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. But I just... I find that tidbit really interesting because I didn't... I certainly didn't pick it up... pick up on it until I heard that her say that. And then I was like... When I went back to read mm-hmm. it, I was like, oh, okay. I see... I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I definitely see that. Um, especially with the way that the beginning of the book was written. Like, you could easily... Like, yes, there's... You know, a lot of description, and those are the main characters in the beginning of the book, but... Um, they're pretty easily forgotten and they could have stayed that way. Yeah. You know, if she had chosen. Right, exactly. Um, I'm kind of glad that she didn't. I'm kind of glad that she brought them into the fold. Um, yeah. For me, I think, um, I don't know why, but I just have problems with Elaine and I don't know if it was just the way that it was written or what, but, like, the way that she, like, seemed so not like an actual person in the second book until they realized that she was a seer, and then... That would be the third book. Like, all of a sudden... Third book, you're right, sorry. Because for most of the second book, she's and still... And all of a sudden... Right. And then, like, all of a sudden, she starts acting like someone you can relate to and understand a little bit more again. Um, and I just felt like that transition was, like, so abrupt. Oh, interesting. Um, that it was, like, hard to, like, understand a little bit. Okay. Um, and then, like, the other main thing that I have problems with is, like, everyone makes excuses for her. Yeah, like, I, I like... like- in terms of, like, everyone's mad at Nesta for how she treated Feyre, but no one's mad right. at Elaine for even how she Reese... treated Feyre, even though they did the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, Reese is like, oh, well, but she's yeah. Elaine. And I'm like, well, no, that's, you, it's, you can't do, you can't do that. Right. It's either, like, all yeah. or nothing in that Absolutely. situation. Like, I like, I like that in the, in the novella, Feyre's like, well, you can't be, mad at Nesta for this and not mad at Elaine for this. And he's like, but Elaine's Elaine. And it's like, true, but she still has responsibility, right? Like, she still had, just because she's mm-hmm. softer and um, at least seemingly more fragile than, than Nesta, that doesn't mean that she is free of any blame here. Mm -hmm. She also let her young 14-year-old sister walk into the woods by herself, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, um, I think um, that's uh, totally accurate. Um, And what I also find um, uh, about your other point is, so clearly for most of the third book, she is traumatized. Yeah. She 
feels violated, much like Nesta does, very understandably, right? Mm -hmm. Her body is not her own. But I think on top of everything else, the biggest thing between that big switch is that she doesn't, she doesn't know what's going on with herself, right? So she probably is getting these snippets of things that she has no idea what they mean, why they're happening to her, right? She has that whole moment where she talks about how she can hear everybody's like heartbeats and breathing and all of that. So like she's on top of that, she's like trying to adjust to being more powerful. And I think the biggest thing about her big switch is that she finally has an answer. Like, right? Like, uh, we've all been in situations, I assume, I imagine, um, where we, the unknown makes things so much harder even if there's still a long way to go after you get more information, at least you have some mm-hmm. information and you can move forward that's with true. it, right? So, like, I think that's part of sort of what that changes, at least. Like, so finally, she, because I'm sure, she, like, because also, like, it ha- Feyre thinks it, Reese thinks it, I think Nesta thinks it, I think Lucian probably thinks it. I think a good number of them are, like, did she go mad? Like, is she, right? And and I think... Yeah, and maybe she's considering that Exactly. Herself. And then finally getting this answer mm-hmm. that, no, she's not mad. And even if she doesn't understand how to control the seer power or whatever, she at least has an answer. And that helps her take the first step towards mm-hmm. accepting her, her future, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of how I see that little... Not, not so little about face. Um, yeah. One thing I do really like about the sisters, Nesta and Elaine, um, is um, that they are really good examples of how people can adjust to hardships, trauma, whatever right Feyre also like she you know but the um there's a it's really interesting so there's a Russian proverb that says the same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg it's about what you're made of not the circumstances right Mm. so in the proverb right Nesta's the egg right and Elaine's the this is such a weird sentence and Elaine's the potato yeah right? like and I think it's it's all of these characters are wonderful um because of course they're all they all have traumatic stories but especially the sisters are really good indicators of how the same situation right their family losing money them not knowing what to do mm-hmm. can turn you into into two or push you into two different directions, right? And neither of them's the mm-hmm. right direction. You know, like, they're both perfectly acceptable, you know, ways to cope with it, mm-hmm. right? Um, I still can't get over... Well, I still it's can't almost, get over the fact that I said it's almost like the egg and <laughs> Elaine's the potato. Well, I would say that's true in the third book, but they actually flip-flop roles in the novella that nesta softens like i would and say hardens yeah okay 
like, I would say that, like, Nesta dealt with the trauma of, like, going into the cauldron and being turned better than Elaine did. And that, like, Elaine didn't break, but she was much more broken and fragile and soft than, like, Nesta was very much so, like, held herself together, right? And then in the novella, I would say it was the opposite, that, like, Elaine was able to handle the trauma of the war and specifically their um, interaction with the king in, like, a much stronger way so that she, you know, became, like, hardened, I guess, if that's the analogy we're going with. Like, she became stronger, whereas Nesta just, like, is breaking. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I guess I see that. I was just mo- mostly thinking like personality-wise. Um and how they interact with other people-wise, but yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know how Nesta's still like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, but I also I can, I can see I can that also for see, sure. I'm also picking up what you're putting down. I get it. I get it. Okay. I mean, usually you're pretty good at that, even if I don't make sense <laughs> half the time. Um, so I always appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I really love, right, is in the first book when, um, Feyre is about to return under the mountain, um, and she is talking to Nesta and she's like, maybe you can come visit me once everything, like if everything settles down or whatever, and Nesta's like, I don't mm-hmm. think I'd be particularly fond of fairies. And I wrote this note down and I'm like, Nesta, you won't be. You don't. <laughs> you <won't." laughs> like, little do you like, know. <laughs> you're, you're correct. You won't be fond of them. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of Elaine being a seer, I um, noticed this in this read through, um, knowing what the next book mm-hmm. is about and it is making me panic a little bit. So it's in the third book. They're all eating dinner. Um, They're talking about um, Cassian's wings being shredded, and he sort of jokingly says, it'll take more than that to kill me. And Elaine, at the time they don't know she's a seer yet, but Elaine says, literally says, no, it won't. And I'm, I'm, Ellen, why did you tell me this? Um, <laughs> I cr- I was blissfully ignorant two seconds ago. Um, so I'm very excited. I, and it's like, part of me is like, I don't think Sarah would kill off such a beloved character, but I'm like, but maybe she would. <laughs> like, we can't, we can't put anything past her. And so I, that just seems like a very cryptic thing for Elaine to say and for it to just be in there for no good reason. Like, we know. I really, 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 really hope you're wrong. And it might not be this book either, though, too, right? Like, this upcoming book, like, she's, she being, Sarah has said that 
she has sort of an undetermined number of stories that she could continue to tell in this world. So, like, even if it's mm-hmm. not this book, like, what if at some point we have to say goodbye to him? Right? I might have to... I might have to boycott Sarah just, J. Mass after I'm that. I'm saying. I, when I read that line, this read-through, I... It was like my heart clenched and I panicked and I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that. Yeah. (laughs) And I I laugh, but like I I say that very seriously. Yeah, it's not going to be good. Um, Oh, no. Okay, so then just to let you sit and stew on that, my next note is about Cassian and Nesta. And I'm very intrigued by their whole back and forth. Like, I'm really ready for this new book because it's about them. Like, I think it's going to be really good. I'm super excited. But I can't be the only person, maybe I am, I'd like to think I'm not the only person, who noticed in A Court of Wings and Ruin, right before they're about to go to the High Lord meeting, there's this passage that I typed out because I thought it was so interesting. Um, and they're about to get, um, like, winnowed in to wherever they're going. And Moore is going to take Cassian and Nesta with her, like, winnowing. And this little passage, and it said, because, um, like, uh, Cassian and Nesta make eye contact. And then this passage says, the world seemed to go utterly still at that interrupted sentence nothing and no one more so than cassian he scanned her face as if furiously reading some battle report more just watched as cassian took nesta's slim hand in his own interlacing their fingers as he folded in his wings and blindly reached his other hand back toward more in a silent order to transport them cassian's eyes did not leave nesta's nor did hers leave his there was no warmth no tenderness on either of their faces only that raging intensity that blend of contempt and understanding and fire and my first thought was is this like mating bond or like beginning of a mating bond because like because we have that moment in the first book where um at the end of the book she uh Feyre comes out to where Reese has called her he's in the middle of a sentence and then he makes eye contact with her the mating bond snaps into place. He stumbles back and then he disappears. And this seemed relatively similar, like a interrupted sentence, like a long pause. And I was like, now, of course, there's the part in, um, there's the part in the novella where Cassian's like, he says something along the lines that it makes it clear that maybe the mating bond hasn't like actually snapped into place. But so that's why I'm like, is it maybe like the beginning of it? Because like it seems too similar to just be a coincidence. But maybe it is, you know, maybe it's just them being intense and lusty towards each other. But I think we might be looking at a mating bond. Oh my gosh. I did not pick up on that at all. And I'm so I know, I'm like, I'm ready for it too. Like whatever. Um, but it's yeah, I'm remember when we were talking before we did this reread and you were like, I don't want Nesta and Cassian together. Like he needs someone that's better than her for him, and now you're like all team Well, can I tell you so it's really it's really that novella, right? Like, um, 
Because kind of like you, I kind of forgot how much I really do like Nesta because of how awful she treats everybody in that novella, right? Like she, and like I, and again, I understand why she's treating people like that. Like I understand why it's happening. It does not excuse why it's happening, but I do understand why it's happening. Um, But it's really, and really it's that little snippet that we get at the end of this new book where, and we can talk about that in a second if we, if we want to, but like, that's really, and that was, and that was the first time that I read that novella. So like, I was feeling very intense, like, ma'am, how dare you be acting like this? Like, there's a difference between being, um... There's a difference between being um, not, like, hard and not touchy-feely and strong and independent, like, all of that stuff, like, and also, there's, and lashing out at other people and treating other people like shit, (laughs) right? Like, there's, Mm -hmm. there's not, like... And so, and, like, also with this second read-through of the novella, like, I I do see a little bit more of the wounded animal than I saw the first time, right? Okay, so now now I think I'm seeing this. So it was because you read this novella the, for the first time yeah. last year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you were coming off of fresh, like, first right. read. And we're very exactly. then anti-Nesta and Cassie right. because of that novella. Which, okay, and then you reread everything and we're like, oh, right, I forgot I forgot that I do, I like her okay. a lot. There's right. so much about her to like. And, um, you know, like, it just, yeah, it's just, and it's not even just the way she, like, I don't like the way she treats Cassian. I do like the way that he, like, I hate the, I hate the phrase handles her. I like, um, handles her pain, I guess is maybe a better way to say it. Like, I do like that he, Mm -hmm. um, still interacts with her, even though she's lashing out like a wounded animal. But I hate how she treats Feyre, who yet again is taking care of her sister, even though she hasn't Uh asked for it. Right? And then it gets mm-hmm. thrown in her face. Like, I just, um, it just hurts my heart, right? Like, it hurts my heart for many different reasons. One, because I don't want anybody to be treated like that, especially these characters that I love so much. And two, it hurts my heart because clearly Nesta's in so much pain and she doesn't know how to deal with it. Get out from under Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, she's so, like, she's so lost in her pain and her depression and trauma that she's, yeah, exactly. She's stuck underneath it, you know? So, um, I, yeah, so I feel a little bit better about it after my second read through, remembering all of the things that I do love about her, um, and all of that, um, and... 
yeah. So I don't know. That's I guess that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking about this whole situation. Um, one of the things that I loved or noticed at the end of Echo War, so Wings and Ruin, um, is that there's a little part where ne- um, Elaine and Feyre are talking about Nesta, and Elaine's like, like how, like do we help Nesta? And and Feyre says we help Nesta when she's ready, and. Mm. Um, that's so true about anyone. It really, like, no matter how much you try and all the different ways that you, like, attempt to, like, bring up a topic or recommend different things, like, it's not going to do anything until that person Mm -hmm. is able to act Mm -hmm. on it. And for me, it really struck a chord because... I love helping other people. I do. And I, but I also know about myself that I have a tendency to assume that other people need help and put myself into that situation, whether they do actually need help or not, right? Like, so I've I've assessed a situation, right? And maybe they do actually need help, but that doesn't mean that I get to just jump in there. Like, really, it means that I Mm -hmm. need to wait until they ask for help you know, whether or not they actually need it. And so it's a great reminder to me who's been really working on, like, saying, do you need help? And if they say yes, then of course I'm going to help them. And if they say no, even if I still want to help them, I have to take a step back, right? And that's just on, like, a a very surface level, um, a very surface level talking about helping people. But, like, you were saying, like, that emotional side of it, too, like... You can't help somebody until they're ready to help themselves. You know, like it just, um, which is also something Mm -hmm. that I have to really remember. So, (laughs) Um. I know, just another really great example of how books um, are super relatable and tend to be really Mm -hmm. great reminders for personal growth and just like like even honestly this has been happening to me to me a lot in some of the romance novels i've been reading recently okay. where like something will happen to a character or like a character will think something and i'll be like shit like that's what i need to be reminding myself <laughs> of right now like that is so true so on mm-hmm. point like this applies to me like 120% um and this is definitely one of those instances, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it just, it just, I think it really speaks to just how fascinating and and well Sarah sort of tackles different aspects of grief and trauma and, and depression and healing and, man, she's a... I know it makes it makes me wonder how much she's pulling from personally. Yeah, I mean, I certainly have no idea. Sarah, if you need any help, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't need any help, that's fine too. <laughs> we we're just, we're just asking, asking, putting it out there. Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's just I think she does it really well. Um, Actually, in in all of the books I've I've read of hers, I think she handles trauma 
um, and the various ways mm-hmm. to heal and, and grow from it very well. Um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So speaking of Nesta, I just have a couple little notes that I took in books before this new book snippet. And then let's talk about the new book snippet. Yeah. Um, So what I find really interesting is in A Court of Wings and Ruin, multiple times, someone says to Nesta, a variation of what are you? Right? Like, people know that she's not Mm -hmm. just high fae. Right? Like, she's fae, right? Right. She's been turned into a fae. But, like, I think uh, when they go to the war camps, I think... Uh, Devlin is like, Delvin, Devlin is like, what yes. are you? Um, it happens at least two other times. That's the most like interesting one to me because this like big, bad Illyrian commander is like, oh God, like, what are you? Like, he's a little scared of her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you are. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Feyre has this uh, moment where she's talking to Reese, I think. Um, and she's like, I think her gift is death like some like is death right Mm -hmm. like something to do with death um and then um in a court of frost and starlight um they're talking about nesta in that part where where reese is um forgiving (laughs) elaine because it's elaine and he says to her Mm -hmm. that nesta has an is an Illyrian at heart, and he goes, and I mean that in the as a compliment, like, but she's an Illyrian, and it got me thinking that like, what if it's a little bit more than at heart? Like, what if like something? I so I'm thinking along with Emery because we meet her in Frost and Starlight, but I think Nesta is going to be the missing link that helps them start training the female Illyrians. Oh. Right? Like, I think because, as we learn in this snippet, Cassian is taking her to Illyria. Right? And so I think mm-hmm. something, and it, I think it has something to do with Nesta's power. I think it has something to do with what she was turned into. Right? Like, and I think... Very interesting. Well, because... Even when she was human, like, the glamours didn't mm-hmm. work on her. Right. Like, she was always too. just a little bit different, you know? Um, oh, I really like what you're saying so like, I don't, here. Because, like, one of the things I, that I was hoping would happen in this yeah. next book is that she would train and get, like, physically strong. Yeah. Uh, because she's always been so against, um, like, oh, why would I need to be able to do mm-hmm. anything for myself? Like, you guys can protect me. And I feel like, one, that's just a dumb mindset. Um, and two, like, I feel like doing that would allow her to gain back some mm-hmm. control over It's actually, things, it's funny that you say um, and help her that heal. about her, like, you guys can protect me. Um, what I think is interesting, um, is I've always seen her, um, not wanting to get stronger or whatever, not so much as a, you guys can protect me. Although I I do sort of see that a little bit, but it's also like, I don't need you to help me. 
I can protect myself through sheer force of will, right? Like, <laughs> like I can protect, which is so it is, but like also, just... but also like I kind of identify with that, right? Like sometimes I think to myself, like yeah. I can do this <laughs> just because I want to, like, like. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's kind of what I do, like, for example, like, with instructions. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can totally assemble this, like, very intricate thing without looking at the directions because I'm good enough to do anything by myself. Right. But not reading the instructions puts me at a huge disadvantage and... It's not like I'm relying on someone else to help me do this. No, it would literally be me reading the instructions and putting something together. But for some reason, I'm like, no, I have to do this on my own, which then means not reading the Mm -hmm. instructions, which means not helping myself do something for myself. (laughs) I do. I also identify with that also. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, so, like, I just, yeah, so I don't, I don't know to what extent, like, maybe she, like, was, like, literally, I mean, because, like, she doesn't have wings, right? So, like, and I don't, yeah, and there doesn't, doesn't seem to be any indication that she can, like, call wings, but we don't know that yet, right? Like, she, like, who, like, we don't, I don't think we've seen the extent of her power yet. So, like, I'm just, but yeah. I think there's, I think she's well, going to be the missing link to training the female Illyrians. Interesting. So one of the things that I thought of this reread through when we meet Emery is like one of the things that Cassian notices right away when he meets her is like disappointment that her wings are clipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think this is going to happen, but I really wish it would that like someone would be able to heal the damage done to these females' yeah. wings. Like, whether it's Feyre, like, combining some of her powers of, like, healing and, um, like, transformation, or, like, Nesta having some powers that we don't know about, mm-hmm. that, like, I think it's a very unrealistic thing that's not going to happen, (laughs) but it immediately popped into my head. It's nice to dream sometimes, though. And I wanted it so badly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that, too. Um, yeah, oof, this is gonna be, it's gonna be so good. I'm so excited. It's gonna be really rough. Um, yeah, also accurate. (laughs) Like, Um, really rough. So the only notes that I have from the snippet is something that I've already sort of touched on is just sort of like, so she, right? So we get this little snippet. It's an undetermined amount of time after the main part of the book, but it's at least a couple months, right? Because it's now like springtime, like winter, like it's thawing out of winter and the house is fully built on the river. And so she comes to the house, right? And yeah, so I think it's a little bit longer than that because they mention, um, I think it might be late summer because they mentioned having been out on like um, a barge or something in the summer okay. when something happened with Amran that now Nesta and Amran are on the outs. Yes, which like I really mm-hmm. want to know what happened. Right, because because um, Amran's been her s- supporter, right? Like, um, yeah, right. Because there's that whole scene in Frost and Starlight where 
Feyre goes to talk to Amran, and Amran's like, I'm, and I'm not gonna spill her secrets to you. Like, yeah, and like I see her like super frequently. She comes over right. all the time, and you're like, wait, what? Which I'm also <laughs> like, I'm also like, I'm glad she has someone she can still turn to. But then, of course, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, you're right. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So it's been at least let's say six months, right, if not longer, since the the end of the main part of the the novella. Um, if not like seven or eight months, but of course we don't know that because <laughs> who who knows what time means in this in this world of theirs. Um, and right. so she comes into the house, and she is angry that she is not like there's not a portrait of her that, and I'm mm-hmm. like. You're the one who made yourself the outsider. Right. Like, like you would have been in here so many times. If you... And, like, and, and, and part of it is, like, I do understand the whole idea of, like, or not even the idea, but, like, the feeling of when you are, like, in a depressive spiral, um, like, that feeling of, like, you're not good enough, so why would anybody want to be around you? Like, I do fully understand that mm-hmm. part of it. But it's also just, like, it's hard to sit there and see her acting like that and then and, and then not be like, excuse me, ma'am, but you, your sister, spe- most specifically Feyre, but Elaine a little bit, at least in the novella, have reached their hand out to you so many times and you have bitten it mm-hmm. and so... <laughs> snapped at them and um just you know like just time and again told them that you want nothing to do with them there's even a part in the book where she's like basically says to Pharaoh, just like leave me alone like let me be over here so like I even wrote like how dare you but then of course like I again had to take a step back and I'm like she's not totally emotionally well like she's got (laughs) some stuff she needs to deal with yeah like get like and like you do have to cut her i know the things that some slack you have to cut her slack because like again similar to you i get like so angry at her and so frustrated like you're doing this to yourself like what do you expect and then i think about like what i do when i'm depressed and like um, all the things that I feel like I can't control and can't actually do and don't want to contribute to mm-hmm. and, like, again, feel like I have no control over it. Exactly. Um, and do a lot of things that I wouldn't normally do, wouldn't normally say. Right. And so then I'm like, well, and I And I okay. take, and I take so much more when I, when I'm in the midst of my depressive it, times, um, I take things so much more personally than they're meant to. You know, and I internalize it and metabolize it. And um, mm-hmm. so, like, I do, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very much the, like, the knee-jerk reaction of, like, how dare you? Like, this is all you. And then it's, like, yes, it's all her technically, but it's, like, all her and her, her brokenness. You know, like, <laughs> she, mm-hmm. you know, like, she's not... Yeah. She's, 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 she's almost in, like, um, 
state of emotion wise, she's in the spot that Feyre was in at the beginning of the second book, right? Like she's, Mm -hmm. she's drowning in all of her pain and trauma and depression. And I think Cassian's going to help her out of the water a little bit. Um, And I'm really excited about it. (laughs) Um, But my, my, so I have so yeah, did we get really sidetracked, like, by talking about how she wasn't, didn't see herself in the house? Were you going somewhere? No, that, that was like, just, that, literally, that was just my note. House. Like, how dare you? And then, and then my oh, note okay. afterwards was, okay, Ellen, let's take a step back. <laughs> like, okay, let's, okay. <laughs> um, you know, um, let's look at this from every yeah. angle. Um, mm-hmm. But there's so many things that I'm excited for in this book. I think that they're going to end up being mates. They being Nestia, Nesta, and Cassian. Um, I think she's going to be the missing link or her and Emery. Like, I don't, I I can't quite figure out. I think it's, like, going to be predominantly her, right? Because, like, the book's about her. But, like, I think Emery is also going Mm -hmm. to play a part in it. Because why would we introduce her if she's not going to play a part in it? Right. Um, And I'm excited to, oh my gosh, what if, what if Eris and Emery are mates? Meh, I don't like it. Nah, not feeling it. Okay, never mind. Well, so Bad there's idea. this. So, to for our listeners, there was this snippet that was released uh, by Miss Mass, Mrs. Mrs. Mass herself. I don't know, Ms. I don't know what. She's married, but I don't know what. Whatever. Um, she released on her page before the book came out, and it was a little snippet of. Eris and Nesta dancing together. And um, there was this huge uproar, because, right? And like, and, but there was this very intriguing thought that I saw out there um, that what it, and I don't think it's accurate because I don't think there would be this much build up to Cassian and Nesta and then not have that be endgame. But right. I, there was this very intriguing, um, theory that came out that Eris and Nesta were going to be mates because of that's what um, flames is what uh, Feyre painted on Nesta's drawer. Right? And then we found out that, of course, she painted stars on hers and then Reese of the Night Court was her mate. And then flames for Nesta and Eris is of the Autumn Court. And then somebody commented on this thread that I was reading through and they were like, well, you know, um, Lucian is from the Autumn Court slash, you know, son of the Day Court, you know, like, but she painted flowers on his. And someone underneath that commented, yes, but what court did he, was he a part of? He was part of the Spring Court. Like, so flowers would be, like, Mm. even though he's from the Autumn Court, right? Like oh my spring, gosh. like oh my and gosh. so I was like, I mean, that is some pretty interesting. This? Like again, I don't think. I mean, maybe she. I don't know, but I feel like I feel like Eris is so intriguing because, to me, I'm thinking that he has this like very cold, like doesn't react to anything, doesn't deign to care about anything. Yeah. But I think. That is his veneer. Right. 
to you know, survive we get these, the court that he grew up in. And I think there's so yeah, much more underneath. Because we get those snippets in um, the third book, right? Yeah. Where he says... And I think that's very very similar to, like, Nesta. Yeah. How she just, like, has this... Because who does he say it to? Does personality he say it? that she almost, like, puts on yeah. to deal with the rest of the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. That's so interesting. I could see something happening with them too, though I do want Cassian in. Right. So like it's obviously. I like I said, I don't I don't see the validity in it, but like as we were just discussing at the beginning of this thing, like Sarah J Mass loves a good twist. Like I could also That's theoretically, true. I don't know, say I'm not saying that this is where I want it to go, but I could see it being like maybe Nesta and Cassian Spend some time together. Eyebrow wiggle. Eyebrow wiggle. Um, they help each other heal. And that's just sort of what they mean to each other. Like, they're just stepping stones mm. on their journeys to healing. Okay. Like, and then she, like, that's the only way that I could see this going. Because, like, she's not going to build up all this sexual tension between Cassian and Nesta. And then not. And not have nothing And then happen. not have them have sex at least once. Right? Like. <laughs> right. Like, she wouldn't right. do that to us. So, like, the thing is, is, like, so I think. I still think that it's probably going to be Nesta and Cassian mating. But if we're talking about throwing in a curve that nobody sees coming it would be Eris and Nesta right like <laughs> mm-hmm. um that's so true so. and then my last okay hope but I for totally new- I totally interrupted you yeah what were you I was just gonna say, my last hope predicting? for this book is that we find out what the fuck was in the box that <laughs> Cassian threw in the water <laughs> I just want to yes. know what he got her Please. <laughs> I want to know that. I want to know what happened with Amarin yes. and mm-hmm. uh-huh. Nesta on that at that party in the summer. I want to know what Amarin got for Solstice from Varian. Varian. Well, Varian. I should say that's how I've been pronouncing it. I shouldn't say it like I. I have the answer to all of that. Yeah. Um. So, I had one last thing that I wanted to talk about. So, there's been a lot of uh, criticism of Sarah J. Mass for not having, like, diverse characters in her book. Like, all of her characters being white. And so, I wanted to, I was, it it was interesting because especially, I've become aware of that sort of in the last year since my last reread about all of this and what I was is so interesting to me is that I never pictured especially Reese Cassian and Asriel and like kind of all of the Illyrians I never pictured them as white like because they um so often it talks about their like golden brown skin or their tan skin and so it's it was so interesting to me because I never pictured them as white. I pictured them as like, um, I don't know, like the complexion of like uh, uh, Latin America or like Polynesian, like some like rich mm-hmm. golden brown color, 
right? Especially because mm-hmm. there's so many times that Feyre talks about like her white skin versus Reese's tan skin, and it seemed like such an in, like a uh, important distinction that is made many different times. Um, and then yeah. um, in this uh, read through, I re- uh, there's that whole part where they go to the High Lords meeting in um, the Dawn Court. And she meets this woman from this, like, Xi'an province, right? Like, X-I-A-N, which is seemingly an Asian, like, inspired culture, because the spelling would indicate that. And she talks about the fae that she meets being, and and the description to me seems Asian-esque, right? And then she talks about Amrin must have modeled herself after these people because she had the Mm -hmm. slanted eyes and, like, all of these things. And so then I was like, that's true. I kind of have always pictured Amryn as sort of Asian-looking. So it was very interesting to me to read that there is so many people who didn't have the same picture of these characters in their head as I did. And so I wanted to ask your, uh, like what you saw when you were reading them because I saw the Illyrians and the Bat Boys as not white and I didn't picture Amryn as white. And so I wanted Mm. to see what your opinion was because I clearly... Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that like a lot of the main characters technically are... Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly they are. What you would assume are white. But yeah, there's, I, I don't know. I always pictured the majority of the other courts being a bit different. Like when they explain like the looks of all the high lords and their yeah. people, like some of them to me, it seems like are much more similar looking and have similar features like across the court. And some of them are more diverse within the, like, within right. the court itself. And then well, yeah, you get, like, some that have, like, white hair, some that have, like, super deep skin, some that are super pale. Like, it, like, to me... Right, because I'm, I'm thinking, it, so she describes, like, Callius. I don't know. Like, the winter court high lord. He's got, like, white skin, white hair. Makes sense. Winter court. But then she talks about, like, Tarquin having dark brown skin and white hair which is fine like right so like and then she talks about like uh helion being super dark skin and dark hair and like yeah yeah, so like i i mean it's definitely something to be said like yes i think you know a majority of the main characters that we see are 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 white um but it was it was just it was an eye-opening experience to me that not everybody was having that same... Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is, like, we're white, so we see things through our eyes, and so it's not something that we always pick up on, or, like, our normal is, like, looking in the mirror, I see white skin, so that, for me, is, like the norm plus like our society is still very much so um like I don't know if I want to say whitewashed but I I think um, we could say whitewashed I think that that is still very accurate 
And so there are so many instances, I'm sure, where I just, like, I don't even notice the lack of diversity. Um, oh, absolutely. Which is a huge issue. But in terms of this book, or these, I mean, it's definitely possible that, again, like, I didn't even notice it because to me that's more normal. And also I live, you know, in the Midwest where there is a larger population of white people but it was more for me in terms of like I guess differences it was like high fae versus lesser Mm. fairies was and like the descriptions of them and how like very different physically all the other fairies were from the high Mm. fae that like that was the distinguishing factor yeah like, between, like, peoples versus, like, skin tone, hair color. Yeah. Like so did you, so did you, um, did you picture the, the Bat Boys as white? Okay. Mm-mm. Did you picture Amran as white? Okay. No. Yeah. I just, mostly I just wanted to. Yeah, but at the same time, like. Illyrians are also considered they're Other. also lesser fae. Right. Exactly. Too. Right, mm-hmm. which again is also um I think a, an interesting if this is why she wrote it this way, an interesting parallel to modern society, right? Like the mm-hmm. high fae think they're so high and fancy, but like they have some very yeah. serious um prejudices and biases against the quote-unquote lesser fae right and mm-hmm. surprise surprise modern day society has some very deep-rooted serious prejudices and biases against people of color you know so i think yep there's that part of it too um okay interesting i agree so alex i think we have one la- last very important question Oh, I was going to say, I remembered something that we said we were going to do, which we totally I think haven't. it might be the same thing. Um, oh, so okay. So, my question to you is, of the Bat Boys... Yep, okay, it is the same <laughs> question. This is a very important this question, is, I, This is probably the most inque- important question. Um, of the Bat Boys... Okay, I'm going to throw a wrench in this, too. You're not ready for this other question that I'm going to ask you, but it's going to it's, it's gonna happen. Okay, of the Bat Boys, who would you fuck, who would you marry, who would you kill? Easy for me. Fuck Cassian, marry Reese, kill Asriel. Okay, see, that's my answer too, but it's not easy for me because I don't want to kill any of them. (laughs) That's surprising to me that you sacrificed Asriel. I, I love him. I do, but I just... I don't think I, well, because my other, see, the thing is, is like, I don't want to kill any of them, but also, like, well, neither do I. <laughs> no, I think you do. I think you want to kill Asriel. <laughs> um, mm, okay. No, I, um, but I really can't, I mean, I can hardly stomach the, the idea of killing Asriel, but I really can't stomach the fact the idea of killing either Cassian or Reese. You know, mm-hmm. so like I 
I don't know. Gotcha. It's just not easy. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, are you ready for my, my, I'm throwing you a surprise curveball here. So Uh-oh. I have probably three other males that I, um, oh, I'm okay. So we have two more. I'm sorry. I'm so excited by this. So I have three other males that I'm very intrigued by in this series. So we're going to, same question. Okay. Lucian, Helian, and Tarquin. Ooh. Right? <laughs> Shoot. Because <laughs> I, I don't think, because I have some, so I think, so here's my answer, and I don't, okay, I don't love it, but I think this is, I think this is my answer. Is I would marry Lucian. I think I'd fuck Tarquin. And I think I'd kill Helion. But I really love all of them a lot. Oh my god. That's so different than mine. Okay, what would yours be? I would fuck Tarquin. No, sorry. Helion. Sorry, no. Helion. Marry Tarquin. You'd kill Lucian? No! (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's fine, I guess. It's your opinion, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, just because um, I love what you get to see of Tarquin right. in the second book. Um, and that's so intriguing to me. And then what you learn about yeah. Helion in the third book makes that an easy choice too i think for <laughs> that me that he's lucian's dad yeah, well well no that like he gets to, wants to like change it up and get a little oh risque. oh okay um, alex so okay. you know might as well you try get that a little risque? Um, so then that leaves lucian as the only other option <laughs> okay so i lied again <laughs> so i have two more questions same question archer on sisters go Oh my god. <laughs> um, nice. I like this. Fuck Nesta. Mary Feyre. Same. Elaine. Same page. Totally same page. <laughs> sorry, Elaine. I do love you, but no. Sorry. Bye. Um, yeah. Okay. Last one. Amryn Moore. Oh my god. Feyre. Fuck more, Mary Feyre, kill same. Amarin. We're So we're on the same page. Again, Amrin, I love you. I do. But kind of hands down, no no question for me on that one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, haha, I threw you some curveballs. Yeah. And again, I feel like more would, like, have some interesting knowledge on the subject. Oh. Well, Alex, <laughs> and that might change your, that might change your answer for the bad boys because uh, in a snippet of an interview... Since you are liking the idea of maybe a little bit more risque, um, I did see a little snippet of an interview oh, that's where right. Sarah J. Mass said that I forgot about she Astral. said he's a freak. <laughs> oh my god! So, does like that change your answer? That. Not that that's my preference <laughs> or anything, but um, that that was just the way I was making decisions of right. this question 
for some of them. So I guess you just have to think about that. But that doesn't change okay. my answer. Good to know. It um, well, I think that's everything. So yeah. everyone, join us next week as we talk about A Court of Silver Flames. We're super anxious and excited. Um, oh my God, I'm so nervous, Alex. I know. Sorry that you're going to have to deal with us as we read a Sarah J. Mass book for the first time. Uh, it's going to be, be It's going to be intense, <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm here for it. We're going to be, it's going to be okay. Um, uh, <laughs> in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at UPM Pod Official, on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast, and you can email us your answers to all of the questions that we just asked each other um, at uniquely portable magic podcast at gmail.com. So we look forward to seeing you, seeing you quote unquote uh, next week. Bye.